My name is Kelsey, but you can call me Kels, and you are listening to the Queer in Alberta podcast. What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different life. Welcome back to another episode of Queer in Alberta, the podcast where I talk to two SLGBTQIA plus Albertans to share their stories. My name is Kelsey, but you can call me Kels. I am a queer Filipino-Canadian using she, her pronouns and living here on Treaty 7 territory in the city of Lethbridge, Alberta. We have been having a little bit of a audio party. Is that what you would call it? It's like a watch party, but podcast form for the season of Queer in Alberta that I made specifically for Tell a Story Hive. If you don't have Optic TV, you have nothing to fear because here we are releasing all of the episodes on the podcast, as well as with a video component on YouTube with the Queer in Alberta YouTube channel, if you so choose to go and check that out, which I would because I'm wearing sparkles on my face today. It's a whole vibe. You need to see it. This episode's guest is actually going to be the youngest guest that has ever featured on the series. As someone who did not grow up in an affirming home and who really had to do a lot of work to understand my own queerness, you can imagine how at times this conversation was really emotional. This is episode one for the first season of Queer in Alberta that I made for Tell a Story Hive featuring Paxton and Heather Rowland. I'm lucky you're my kid. I'm lucky you're my mom. Oh, thanks, bud. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> I am fine. <laughs> What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different life. My name is Paxton. Um, my gender, well, I basically change my gender every day. I forget what it's called. Gender fluid. I changed my gender four times. Quadruple. Um, because I start off boy, then I change to girl, and then I change to they, and then I change to changing my gender every day, which basically I changed it millions of times. Okay, so now I understand triple trans or quadruple trans because that's the amount of times that we have had some changes so far. And then we've got mum with us today who I've known for a few years, an amazing worker in counseling services here in Lethbridge, Alberta. Would you mind a quick introduction, Heather? Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm Heather, um, she, her. And yeah, I'm just the lucky and very fortunate parent to Paxton. I think it's really awesome that we get to create this form of representation because you brought up how there's not often maybe seeing young kids that are talking about queer experiences. Would you mind sharing, you've already been quadruple trans, gender fluid, but maybe sharing a bit of your coming out story if you have one? Um, I need to think. <laughs> That's okay. I changed from boy to girl but then um after that I didn't feel like either and then my mom when I was getting tucked into um bed I told my mom I don't feel like girl or a boy is there any more genders and then my mom's like there's plenty more like they them I'm like what's they them my mom told me it's a girl and boy mixed and I'm like that mm -hmm. feels nice and then I stayed with they them for about a while now, like three years. And then me and my mom started talking about they, them, she, her, and genders. And then I learned that you could change your gender every day. So now I do that. Mm -hmm. 
That is so awesome. Like your mom basically just had a question for her and she gave you an open answer. A lot of people ask me because I identify as a gay woman. And so they ask, how did you know? And all these sorts of things when you were young and a kid. And it was just kind of like a feeling that I had in my chest where I was like, hey, I actually like girls and not boys. Was that kind of the same feeling for you when you were like, I don't really feel like a girl or a boy? Yeah, that's kind of like the same feeling. That's really, really cool. And I think very special that your mom was able to just have that conversation with you. How was that for you, Heather? Um, I'm a... I'm an older parent, I guess, and I was very intentional when I had kids that my goal is just to let them be who they're supposed to be. The narrative of, of waiting until your child is unhappy before they can come out seems problematic to me. Um, I agree. <laughs> so um, I think it was, you know, with both our, both our children. Yeah, it's always been part of the conversation that, mm -hmm. you know, as, and as language has evolved too. So I think at that time, when we were first talking about gender, it was like, you can be a she, a her, a boy, a girl, um, or both. And now I would probably expand on that. But that was sort of those like from like when you were just little, little, hey? Yeah, probably about four. Yeah. And even before that, wow. you were gender creative, even at daycare, hey? Yeah. Yeah. It's reminding me of a conversation. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the series, Paxton, but I chatted with somebody named Kane who moved from Ontario to Alberta and then started his transition once he moved here. And he was talking about how he knew ever since he was really, really little that he wanted to be a boy and that he was a boy. And it's like, kids are not gonna speak to those feelings unless they have them. And it's coming from a real place. Yeah. things at school because you're you must be in school that's a silly question <laughs> yeah i am in school things at school mm -hmm. are good um lots of the grade three years because the grade tours are still getting used to it the grade two okay or because they're new to our classroom all the grade three years stayed here from last year because we have a two three class and, and what did your teacher do last year that helped teach the kids um my book I have, um, I forget the, what it's called. Yeah. And what's in that book? Um, this kid named Ari, he um, didn't know what Ari was feeling today, that day. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end of the book, um, they said, I feel like fireworks, they, them. I love that. And you know, when I was in school, we did not have any books like that in our classroom. And it might seem a long time ago, I might seem really old now, but honestly, it wasn't that long ago that I was in school. So to see the representation essentially is what you're talking about and how much that has changed, it's incredible. Do you find that the kids in your class, when you say that you change your gender every day, is that something that they are understanding really easily about you? They are understanding it. Um, grade tours sometimes um forget and then and some of them some of the grade threes are like trying to stand up for me and they go like he's a they but then i'm like they is a they whispering into their <laughs> and then, mm -hmm. and then they, they rephrase it and then and then the kids usually like oh yeah they're happy in this class Ah, oh, that's awesome and you know what i think is really cool about that 
how easy it is for kids, even if they maybe make a mistake in the moment, to recorrect and then, you know, kind of fix that little mess up. And I think it's interesting that adults sometimes have such a hard time with that. But one other thing that your mom mentioned was Camp Dragonfly, but I don't know that much about it. What is Camp Dragonfly? Um, it's a camp. There's lots of and lots of groups in Camp Dragonfly. I um mm -hmm. of queer people or their siblings or mm -hmm. trans people or they them like any gender could go. Really fun camp. And at the at the very last day of the week, you get to go to a pool. <laughs> That's the best day. And it's in Edmonton. The one time when it was in person, which was this year, um, mm -hmm. we went, we stayed at the West End. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Every kid's dream. Basically, the only rule at Camp Dragonfly is to have fun. I think you would have fun. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Again, I'm hearing about this as an adult and I didn't like come out until I was a lot older than you. So for me to hear about all of these experiences that you get to have at such a young age makes me feel a little emotional in like a really happy way because that's so important. And you get to meet lots of other queer kids your age at Camp Dragonfly? Yeah, um, because each group's aged. So, and uh -huh. it and it's a good opportunity to meet new friends. Which, again, is just kind of blowing my mind because I don't know if you know this, Paxton, but part of the reason I started this interview series where I talk to queer Albertans is because sometimes you can feel a little lonely as a queer person living out here. To hear that you get to make all these friends at this fantastic camp, like, you're winning! You're winning already! I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I love it. Humility, kindness, it's perfect. <laughs> Heather, how about we ask you some question? Because you've mentioned a few points yourself, and this one I found really interesting. I'm going to read it here. You said, gratitude for the fights that I don't have to fight. Would you mind expanding a bit on what that means? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, <laughs> I mean, I, when I went to school, like I was a kid in very rural Alberta in the 80s. Slay. <laughs> Same. Yeah, there's like, there's a lot, there's a lot in that experience. Um, yeah, just having so many things I thought I would have to fight for not be a fight. Mm -hmm. has really challenged some of my own misconceptions, I guess, about where things are now. Um, yeah. Like, even with the school, like, in kindergarten, I called a meeting, and we had a meeting, and the kindergarten teacher was, like, amazing. Um, great. Like, all our teachers at our school have been amazing. Like, not even a blink of an mm -hmm. eye, um, which has been phenomenal. And I also think, like, the teacher you have this year and last year is really, really clear about like boundaries in in the classroom so if someone mm. is being willfully ignorant <laughs> um or a little <laughs> bit mean <laughs> um mm. like the teachers are like on top of it and like a caring and way they shut it down way. and it's just like nope we're not doing this and that wasn't what i anticipated would happen at all experiences like that i'm like oh yes like we're existing in such a different experience because people 
like yourself, mm-hmm. like a lot of friends that I have, like have already done the fight. So I have just like, it wasn't a chosen fight a lot of the time. Sometimes it was, but I just have so much right. gratitude um, for that because, yeah, we don't we don't have to fight too hard right now, hey? Yeah, we don't need to fight so hard. Yeah, we just kind of show up and just do our life. <laughs> um, we just show up. <laughs> um, <you> know, and, <laughs> um, that's because there's space. Um, but we didn't create that space. And I'm really aware that we're stepping into a space that mm-hmm. was fought for before us. I get to live and see the difference that it's made in real time with my small humans. And this immediately makes me think like I am not the expert on up to date politics in Alberta, but I do know that our current provincial government in the past has really tried to cut support for things like GSAs, so gay straight alliances for queer youth in schools. And when we hear about you and Paxton and your story, it really just shows how important it is to have those resources and that support for teachers to be the best allies that they can be to queer children. You know, I think there is a part of me that very much is involved in politics and Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. we have to be. Yeah. And and is braced and as prepared as one can be for what may or may not come. So it's mm-hmm. like, we're not done fighting. I'm in a lot of different groups online and stuff like that, where it's like, I'm at a very yeah. different stage of the journey, I guess, than some other maybe parents are. Um, so trying to contribute to those spaces in the ways that I can, just to keep making sure we get to keep moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And Paxton, can I ask you, when we talk about how important it is for you to feel supported and loved and seen for the beautiful person that you are at school, what would you say to maybe anybody with power who's listening about why that's so important for you? Um, I'd probably say, yeah, um, well, if you don't believe in, in the, um, I can... I can stand up for myself, Uh, and I have friends. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. It's cool. Yeah. How old are you? Can I ask you? How old are you, honey? Eight. You're eight? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You are eight years old and so strong, so incredibly strong to be able to say that. I hope you know that. I think... My friends tell me that every day. (laughs) I am fine. I hear you say that, and I can't help but wonder, do you feel maybe so confident in who you are because you've always had such supporting parents, too? Um, I feel happy with all of my amazing friends and family. Aww. (laughs) I love you. Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the cool things about this, too, is we get to talk as two queer people from different generations with different experiences. So I think about if my parents had been as open in the conversations that you had so young and able to explain things and say that there was a place for me in the world, maybe my whole life would have been a little different and feeling as happy in who I am the way you are. So that's just really powerful for me to see the difference that that affirmation can make. So that kind of reinforcement that everything is okay at such a young age. 
I think some of the pushback when it comes to exposing kids to queer education or other ways of being in the world comes from this idea of how can you know at such a young age or this fear piece with parents. What would you say to that kind of response? Well, I think actually Paxton um, said it to us. So this is the example I usually use. Um, mm -hmm. Is it okay if I share your heart story? Yeah. Okay. So understanding of boy, girl, and both came before pronouns did, like just cognitively, mm. um, age-wise. Pronouns are kind of a hard thing to grasp for a four-year-old. Um, totally. <laughs> So, and some 40 year olds, I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, you Paxton actually gave us the language and I just I was curious and with an open curiosity in our house. And mm -hmm. I said, what happens inside when you hear boy? And do you remember what you did? Yeah, I said, I don't like that because it hurts my heart. Yeah, you said it felt like this is what you did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I say, wow. what happens when you hear girl? Um, I feel like this. <laughs> so All right. And then what happened when you heard they, them? I'm like, I fit into this. Yeah. And you actually, wow. went, <sighs> that's actually what you did with your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. No, how do you argue with that when it's, ah, you just want to stay there? So, so I think that's the first one and that's the more powerful one for me. And I, I think also like, um, I have two kids and, and my, my oldest is thus far sis. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> but like, I actually had a lot more energy into all things more like gender neutral and really pushing um traditional like pushing against traditional gender norms with my older child and with Paxton I actually like I did a lot of filtering of things that people gave us and stuff actually with my first mm -hmm. child and then with Paxton I had some complications and I I didn't have that energy after and you know to do the filtering and you are still both exactly who you are meant to be what can you say maybe about loving and supporting your children for who they are? Oh man, I just, that's, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. 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 It's just the goal. Like, you know, and like all parts of them, you know, like I think gender identity is just one part of identity. So it's like, well, we just support like who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just full stop. <laughs> Plain and easy. And like, yeah. that's, that's what strikes me when I hear you speak is that it's exactly that. It's plain and easy for the both of you in relation to one another, listening to each other and learning together. And I think, I don't know, like even in my experience, for example, my mom and dad know that I'm gay, but it's like a part of me that they choose to ignore. So to hear that this is how it's going for you, that's just, it's very powerful. It very is powerful. <laughs> it very is. Yep. Yeah, you don't, people are integrated. Like we don't get to pick and choose. From a parenting aspect, like sometimes that's where I've, as a parent, have struggled is looking for communities of other parents who are in celebration rather than fear. Mm. <clears throat> There's a lot of groups 
for parents of trans kids kind of out there but it's like well no like we this can be celebratory it doesn't have to be like the worries of all the what ifs I think that's another thing just inherent in who I am is like we need to also root down into the celebration What are some of your favorite things about being queer? Can I ask you that? Um, my my first favorite thing is that sometimes you can make really good friends. Uh huh. Um, that you can know um like all the other genders. Mm-hmm. Genders, but um always ask first what their gender is because sometimes it's not nice just to um just being like he's he he looks weird but that's not actually cool you could ask first <laughs> what is your gender yeah and it's just a really nice way to be kind to each other too hey one of my favorite things about being queer is that it's made me very strong like what you said earlier but i think it's made us strong in different ways and this is not to erase maybe some of the harder days or bad days that you've had but it sounds like there's been so much support in your life that that strength just comes from love right my strength came from having to learn how to love myself despite others maybe not doing that for me and i think that's really really special that difference between the two of us you got excited when I said that your strength comes from love. What did that make you feel like? Um, that made me feel strong and powerful. Oh, that's what I'm here to do. You have to have fun and feel strong and powerful. You feel like you covered everything pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. I think just thank you so much for the space like for being oh, man. And, and provide voice me and your mom were chatting earlier again about how important it is for other kids to see this and hear this and even parents so i think you're doing something very awesome today paxton i think so as well Normally at this point in the interview, what I do is if my participants, so the people I talk to, if they have social media or anything like that, I give them the chance to share how listeners or viewers can stay in touch with them. But I think this situation is a little different. So maybe is there like maybe Camp Dragonfly, I think it was called, or anything that you would want to talk about a little more right now to send those listeners there? Well, Camp Dragonfly is in Edmonton, and mm -hmm. I think you go to Dragonfly, I, um, you sign in on online, I think that's what my mom did, um, <laughs> and it Camp Dragonfly is usually for kids, um, to the age of 12, um, mm -hmm. and then there's another camp, I forget what it's called, Firefly for older ones, over 12. Do you know what, what are the names of your two favorite books? Um, I forget the one I was talking about that I read to my class as it feels good to be myself. It feels good to be myself and what are my words? What are my words? Okay, so everybody listening, if you have kiddos or just want to check out some cool books, those are the two right from Paxton recommended. <laughs> Very recommended. <laughs> <laughs>
I think I've told you this already a lot today, kiddo, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I am 26 years old and you have inspired me so much today. Thank you. I'm lucky you're my kid. I'm lucky you're my mom. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Once again, I am fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Queer in Alberta. Paxton and I were actually able to meet in person shortly after these episodes were filmed. We met for Pride during the Trans March where I saw them decked out in a fantastic trans pride flag, marching and smiling and just having the best time. And then again at the Queer in Alberta live launch event that happened at the Galt Museum and Archives here in the city of Lethbridge. Paxton got to see themselves on the screen and I remember looking over and seeing them and their parents in the audience and just the smile again on their face that was really really special for me to watch if you really appreciated Heather's insight as a parent raising a gender non-conforming child I would really encourage you to check out something else I was able to make with her it's another podcast and it's called our stories our pride it was a limited series that I made for it gets better Canada an amazing non-for-profit charity and organization that works with 2S LGBTQIA youth all across the country. I made this for their COVID-19 digital wellness mental health hub that they just released about a month ago or so. You can find Heather's episode there and together we curate a toolkit about mental health and how you can take care of yourself in really stressful situations like COVID-19. No matter where you are listening from today, whether it is Alberta, one of these small towns or bigger cities, or maybe somewhere totally different in the world altogether, I hope you are feeling celebrated, seen, and loved for the wonderful person that you are today. Bye!